This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Usually every time he finished a song, he'd get on a payphone wherever he was in the country and call me and wake me up. And so, like, he'd lay the phone down and start playing his guitar, you know? And that's how I heard this song the first time. I always thought this was a real pretty one. It's called uh, My Old Man. Welcome to the My Old Man Said podcast. I'm David Michael, your host and editor of MyOldManSaid.com. Joining me for, uh, it's a bit of a, I don't know how to describe this podcast, show. but it's not a regular, it's a bits and pieces show because there's a Wolves game coming up. I've, I've been ill, someone's been AWOL. So uh, joining me to catch up on the City game uh, and look ahead to uh, the next Villa Adventures of the week, it's uh, Max Stokes from Villa on Tour. Welcome. Hello. And Mr. Chris Budd, whose dulcet tones you just heard there a second ago. Welcome, Mr. Budd. Hello again. I quite like the uh, the out- outro of the last show, if listeners have actually uh, heard it. After how many, I don't know how long you've been doing this podcast, but I just totally forgot your name. <laughs> Mr. Blood. Ah, uh, yes, we went, we went a little bit urban, didn't we? <laughs> We basically did an Arsenal fan TV parody. Oh, or Mr. Bird. What was the first? There first were a few. I I Mr. Brud, Mr. Bird. Mr. There's, there's a lot. Of Mr. Brud. Yeah, there's, there's a few options. If you are new to the show, this isn't a regular show. Uh, we normally have uh, we do a, a Villa quick Villa dump, which is 60 seconds on the game. Then we do three points where we take more serious and more bizarre issues of the world of football before getting stuck into the main course, which is obviously the game that just took place. But we're just going to go straight to the game that took place because uh, we've got to get the show out. Uh, I haven't got time to uh, edit a big lengthy one this week. And it's a busy week. 
it is a busy week as well. We have obviously Wolves in the Cup, which you probably uh, by well probably half the listeners would have uh, will know the result by now. And then obviously the the Scouse arrive uh, in Birmingham to uh, tackle us uh, with or without Jack Grealish. I'm sure we'll find out uh, closer to the date. It's one of those where everybody's trying to find out if he's fit or not, but it's best just to keep the cards uh, under wraps, so to speak, and let Liverpool guess because they're going to prepare for the game with him in the team. And then if he doesn't appear, maybe there's there's an advantage. But you've got to make out that there's a possibility of him playing, even if he's out for the next two months. <laughs> That's what they used to do last season. I mean, I saw a tweet from, uh, I think it was the Birmingham Mail Villa chap, saying that Grealish has a ridiculous recovery rate. Well, not on his last couple of injuries, where uh, we were expecting him back in a couple of weeks, then it became a couple of months, and then it became months put onto that and every time at every stage it was almost back yeah he'll be back in two weeks he'll be back in two weeks and it just went on and on and on so uh anything can happen but i think it's a knock isn't it i mean yeah i think he's taken a kick it'll far. be precautionary I, th- I think it just sort of um it probably confirms that he won't feature against wolves which i don't think he would have necessarily started but i think they would have probably had him on the bench I, and- he would have been on the bench for sure yeah, yeah. Because obviously uh, it's a situation if you need to get that game over the line, you... and also it's part of their uh, part of their training, isn't it? As well to sort of get them a little bit of game time. Yeah, well, as we saw against Brighton. Yeah, uh, Max, how how was Manchester raining as always? Did you get soaked? Because there's no there's no cover, is there, in the bottom lower tiers? I don't know. It looked like there was, but then I think I was sat in row G, which I don't know how many rows back that is, but I wasn't massively near the front. I was just getting absolutely drenched. Like the the whole of the lower tier was just getting horribly wet and it was freezing cold as well it was pretty horrible to be honest yeah because i can't remember i think in at villa park you it's reasonably you're reasonably uh weatherproof at villa park i mean you're not cold proof obviously and i think uh as me and max were discussing before we started the show uh, it's going to be a bit of a chilly one uh when the wolves come to downtown but we'll talk about uh, manchester city first uh, although i I did have to just pop up to the post office and I haven't opened my box yet. I don't know if to do it like an online... Uh, is it really worth an audio-only unboxing? Uh, no, it's a bit social influency. I mean, it's a bit Manchester City-esque, isn't it? <laughs> Hashtag football influencers. Well, I, I'm going to do it while we talk because I'm quite curious. Because I've got no idea what it's uh, who who's it's from. Mm. This is yeah, the special delivery of yeah. the nonsometer. <laughs> I've got. Uh, what? Maybe do we have to have like a Scott Hogan touch count to decide what it is in the box? <laughs> can you guess? Yeah, can you guess what I've got in this box? Uh, Sounds like ASMR so far. Yeah, here we go. Here's some ASMR. What's that? It's not restful, Dave. I don't want to go to sleep. Some of that. Some <laughs> of this. Fucking hell! You're probably due to buy a new microphone, <laughs> aren't you? So I'm going to say it's equipment. No, it's it's actually a, like a big box and pretty big box full of top trumps football world football right, stars okay. top top trumps quiz mm. quiz with a twist. There's a small packet. There's a big. All of these are like gold packets. Then there's some kind of board game. I'd love to uh, give these out as prizes, but I don't really want to pay the postage on them because they're fucking heavy as well. <laughs> if you see me in the street, stop me and I'll give you some top trumps. I'll see if I can persuade them to uh, give out some prizes that they actually post out to uh, listeners of the show. Anyway, let's move on to the City game. Uh, lineup, pretty much as we've predicted uh, from the start of the season. Uh, we had an inkling that Nakamba and Louise would line up together against uh, the likes of City or Liverpool. And uh, alas, they did. 
Although Luis, I think he got forward a lot more than I was expecting. And, and he was actually looking good in the early stages of the game anyway. He looked like a player who had something to prove, didn't he? Which I suppose he did in, in City terms. He had to sort of, you know, justify the transfer. But I think you have to always caveat with him. He's only 21. So uh, it's not as if we're looking at the finished article uh, by any you know stretch of the imagination. He, shows, he does show a uh, sort of splashes of of quality though but it's you know it's a big step up coming against the midfield you know that they was he was playing against yeah but uh, i mean I, I can see that being the liverpool uh, midfield as well and then basically give or take uh, whether grealish is fit or not yeah i think it will be it'll be dependent on maybe depending on you know how people play midweek against wolves as well you know smith will allow for somebody to come in have a worldie and retain their place but I think he'll have a rough idea of how he wants to play the next two games Max what did you make of the first half uh, Was you did you begin to gather any cautious optimism uh, in terms of getting something out of that game a little bit I think it was kind of what we expected we knew City would be on the front foot I think I said it in my video a lot of teams would have gone to City and just sat back but I think we did well to occasionally hit them on the counter McGinn looked bright going forward he had that one chance but I think a lot of the uh, City attacks were coming down the left hand side with Sterling, Silva yeah. and Mendy which worried me a little bit I think Gilbert did okay he wasn't anything fantastic he did well to cope with it a little bit Engels was especially good in the first half uh, but I just think Sterling was ripping Gilbert a new one uh, most of the time but no overall I think we did well in the first half uh, I think we were all saying at half time um, we did really well and I think we would have done especially well to cope like that throughout the whole game which I don't think was yeah, ever going to happen I mean I mentioned uh, we we expected uh, oops sorry I just said lost connection we expected Nakamba and uh, Louise uh, to play but that's the thing you you naturally think they're going to both sit, let's say, as two DMs. But the thing is, City come down the flanks, so they they really don't they don't play narrow and go through you. They their key is their wide men, so it doesn't really kind of warrant playing two shielding the uh, the back four, don't you think, Chris? But uh, um, what do you think about our uh, let's say wider players in terms of helping out our fullback? Yeah, that was my big sort of issue really, because I think Gilbert put a shift in, but he had a hard, especially in the first half, he had a really hard sort of um, spell against you know he just got isolated against Sterling and they'd overload him every time you almost need to double up on them you know you, you, I, I before the game was kind of making a bit of an argument for him maybe playing Al Mohamedi as a right midfielder just to have that sort of double pronged defence but obviously you would have lacked your out ball then which I think Trezeguet on a couple of occasions especially in the first half he, he actually was the out ball and he carried the ball up the field you started to see in little glimpses of what he can bring to the table similarly against um, you know, Brighton but I think Target had a, a slightly easier time, but he, his sort of attacking flair was very much negated by City because I think both of the fullbacks knew that if they went forward and got caught out, they knew that Mings and Engels would be exposed. But as far as a, the back four, they very much played as a flat four. And for the most part, I think they did well. They held their shape well. I think Nakamba yeah. and Louise in front kind of held their shape. We'd, we, it was just a case of, again, we couldn't get out enough. We didn't have that out ball, which... We used the example uh, of sort of Wolves when they went there and won. They had Adama Traore, who you can you know either hit the ball down the flanks from the fullback positions and get him to chase it into the channel. Wesley's not going to do that. Um, you know, you, you have to sort you have to sort of turn Man City round, which we didn't do enough. One problem we have is uh, if if we class it as a front three, Wesley, Trezeguet, and well, in this case, Grealish. it kind of changes, doesn't it? But yeah, let's let's put Grealish in there. But uh, I don't think Trezeguet, he showed flourishes, but he, he hasn't got that end conviction and neither has El no. Ghazi when he's in the role. And that's obviously why he was uh, 
dropped. And Wesley also uh, started to show he was kind of sulking a, a little bit and moaning a lot in uh, in that first half. Again, and that's my problem. You know, like Wolves, the way you you take Manchester City on is obviously you absorb them, and you, your best hope is to get them on the counter. But you've got to have weapons to do that, and and they've got to be clinical because you're not going to, you know, we had one or two chances, but you actually have to take those one or two chances. And even at nil nil, I just thought we haven't got that cutting edge to uh, finish this off or actually, you know, snatch something and do a snatch and grab. We don't move the ball fast enough to hurt them. Yeah, and that's why we lost ultimately against Spurs as well because we didn't have uh, enough, to, you know, to to get that second and that makes you wonder have we actually got the quality in Trezeguet and Al Ghazi I mean there's big question marks still on them still I think so and as, as I said it, it's the as you, you know the, the thing of having the weapon to hurt them it's being able to turn Man City around and get them to face their own goal you know Gilbert can actually carry yeah. the ball as can Trezeguet Grealish did it on a couple of occasions. Now, there was one when he picked the ball up, didn't he, on sort of the edge of his own penalty area and ran right up the field. But you've got to get men up with them. You know, with someone like Adama Traore, because he's so strong, he can occupy two players, three players, and you can just take it down the channel or over the top and he'll chase it. And all of a sudden, well, he's playing wing back field. now for Wolves. Yeah, he's it's playing wing back now. Wesley, that's yeah. not necessarily his game. We kind of need the ball. But then when we did get it, we, we couldn't move it quickly enough to, to sort of play through City. So we were kind of stuck in between almost playing two styles you know we'd 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 go long up to wesley and he and you know he he did try hard in the first half but it, it just wasn't sticking and if it doesn't stick, you're not getting the knockdowns. McGinn would drive on, but I think he faded you know, in the second half. And I think, unfortunately, the the first goal, it kind of knocked the stuffing out of us in the second half before we even started. Because at halftime, well, I thought, we, we, we've got a platform in the game here, but you've got to keep it tight for sort of 10, 15 minutes and let City and the crowd kind of get a bit nervy. And because they scored so early, they knew they were in business then. And then it was kind of, unfortunately, inevitable, wasn't it? It was inevitable. Max, what do you think of Trezeguet overall? Uh, it's a bit of a difficult one because I don't know between him and El Ghazi. I, I'm not too sure. I think Grealish keeps his place on the left hand side, but in, in terms of the City game, I think defensively he lacks a bit of awareness. Uh, there's a few times where he just got caught out of position. Gilbert was left stranded by himself, um, and he got Trezeguet got a bit of a bollocking from Engels, Grealish, etc. So that wasn't ideal. Carrying the ball going forward, he, he's very good, but his end product again lacks. Uh, I think there was a chance in the Tottenham game, first game of the season, where he was through on goal, and there was a bit of a bit of a P-roller again at Arsenal. Yeah, probably should yeah. have scored when it was 2-2, two, two, I think, something like that. Um, yeah. But I think the potential's there. It definitely is. I think he doesn't look especially fit as well. I think 60, 70 minutes, he kind of dies down a bit and the, the pace goes. But I think there's definitely potential there. I just think he needs to just defensively and both ends of the pitch needs to work on. I'm always dubious about people coming out of gyms wearing Gucci tracks. Oh, yeah, I saw that today. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like are you really putting the work in, in the gym? Or are you just going to bloody pose all those moments that you uh just highlighted there are, are, are exactly the evidence i'm thinking about when it comes to trezeguet and it's, it's unfortunate that he hasn't you know he hasn't maybe he'll come well, obviously he needs the games because uh, this is a step up from what he's used to but this is the thing it's unfortunate we haven't got a squad of at least an option or two that have actually been there done that and have experience at this level to uh provide that cutting edge because i think we'd have had a few more points this season but it's very much a you know learning curve for a lot of these people a couple of decisions uh stones there was an incident with stones was on his backside in the penalty box and actually uh handballed it twice i think with both hands i think back in the day that could have been 
interpreted as a penalty. Now, I, I don't even know what the rule is anymore on, on uh, penalties, but uh, some people thought, yeah, maybe that could have been given. Others thought, well, you know, it's the way the way of the world nowadays and it's not intentional. What, what did you think, Chris? I mean, it's Villa, so I don't expect to get anything from VAR <laughs> at the moment. Um, <laughs> is it one of those ones that I think should have been looked at further? Maybe. With all due respect to all the decisions, unfortunately, as much as they didn't go our way, I don't think we were deserving of getting... You know, sometimes you buy yourself your own luck and we didn't really do enough in the game to, to buy a bit any luck in that game, unfortunately. The, the second one, you know, the, the, the silver goal or whoever it was who actually got given the goal is that's just poor, especially when the FA come out and, you know, they clearly say, oh, yeah, we've given silver the goal. They've kind of just undermined their own well, technology. It's the Premier League, isn't yeah, it? they just undermined it completely. So it's kind of like, well, you know, if, at least if they give De Bruyne the goal, everyone says, well, at least, he, you know, the option isn't there to give him offside. But the fact that they have someone somewhere is saying, oh, we've got this wrong. They just lie. <laughs> it's such a farce that they can't even cover their own tracks. Uh, no, exactly. I mean, because they say, oh, it's an independent body. Well, it doesn't fucking matter because it's just clarified that decision is wrong. It's, it's it's just provided evidence that it was wrong. The Football Supports Association, I think, actually met the Premier League uh, today. So I don't know what they're going to be saying, but we you know, made sure that the uh, the whole notion of better communication of VAR in stadia is put forward because that's the first step in terms of having any chance of uh, cleaning up the uh, the shit show that they've Well, it's created. just creating some transparency and getting rid of some of the confusion. Yeah, it would be nice to uh, clear up some of the confusion with actual referees because they haven't got a clue what's going on, I don't think. I also hope that, you know, when the tide turns, it falls for us in a really important moment in the season. Yeah, well, keep wishing on a star. Yeah, exactly. But, but I mean, this is a game... We haven't won our last 10 games at uh, the Etihad, which is shocking. And generally speaking, we've got hammered as well on quite a few of occasions. Yeah, I think the goal difference now uh, is 33 to 4, which is just ridiculous. I mean, that shows you, uh, A, the position that we've been in over the last few years when we've been in the Premier League, and uh, B, what's actually happened to City. Well, I mean, the disparity between the two has been ridiculous for the last few seasons, hasn't it? I mean, to, to dis- deconstruct what happens when Manchester City plays Villa, it's normally Villa fans singing Champions of Europe, you'll never sing that. And then them putting three or four pastors, and that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And then us taking the moral <laughs> high ground about having better supporters. Yeah, exactly. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. What, what did you think of the crowd there, Max? Because there's been a lot of debate about it in terms of they've been trying to get social media influences uh, that support Manchester City to try to uh, create FOMO and excitement about their Champions League games against uh, lesser known teams to try to get people there. And it just seems like they're they're clutching at straws now. Yeah, it's not, it's not good at all. 
I think I think what well, I've been to Tottenham, Arsenal already, the top six sides. If you go away to their place, it's basically a tourist club. Let's be honest. There's people with half and half scarves hanging about. I've got no, nothing against that, but it's just just some sort of really outside the city, the, the Man City ground as well. It's just it's just weird. Like I mean, it's something that I'm not used to, and it's something that I hope Villa will never get to. Uh, but in terms of the fans from sitting in the away end on the right hand side, there was a group of about twenty or thirty City fans that sang occasionally, but the 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 crowd yeah. as a whole was really bad, especially towards the end as well. That when I think it was like eighty. 85 minutes they're all leaving there's pictures doing the rounds of a half empty stadium and a full away end and it, it was just strange it just went over my head i don't get it but there you go because i because i know uh, a couple of the guys who i mean for want of a better word run their atmosphere group who were responsible for displays and flags was there any of that before this this game uh, i noticed there was because i didn't i didn't see there anything. was virtual flags on the sort of computer screens around the ground oh, yeah. that's, yeah. that's weird there was a kidderminster city flag which just was a bit weird yeah i saw that yeah. i didn't i uh, think there's been rumors in the past they have they played crowd noise over the speakers i didn't see any of that but it's not good I, yeah you didn't hear you didn't hear any of that no <laughs> Never mind, see it. It's, it's a bit really hard to strange see. because I always remember Manchester City as having a really good sort of obviously loyal through when they were rubbish and quite a big fan base, but also a relatively loud one. They always used to travel in great numbers, and that the sort of the, the demographic of their supporters has just changed enormously since they've become successful. Half the home end was Villa fans as well. I know so many Villa fans in the home end. I spoke yeah. to one on the train home. So I was going to get a ticket in the home end. You, you could get up to six tickets and you could basically sit next to Pep Guardiola's bench as well if you wanted to. But it was just the price was just ridiculous. I mean, when you bottom price is like 51 quid, you can kind of understand why people uh, aren't going to necessarily rush to go to the game. And I accept that because while even though they've become you know a very successful club, the demographic I still think of their supporters is probably still very working class. And to bang those prices up and then have the extra games with yeah. the Champions League and all the cup stuff that they generally have, it'd be, you know, supporting Man City has all of a sudden become a very expensive exercise. Yeah, and it's not rocket science. Uh, you know, lower the prices, you might fill your stadium with uh, proper fans. That's how it normally kind of works works uh, i mean interesting i was looking at newcastle newcastle are doing a lot of they've got a group i think it's i forgot what they're called it's galloway it's basically in the galloway end where they do massive tifos and i think they've done the biggest ever flag i think it's 80 by 50 feet last season which basically covered the whole end at newcastle and there's been a lot of positive uh, action i mean you know i'm talking proper massive flags comparable to anything in europe but they're now uh, they've got like 6000 missing fans their attendances are now around the 45-47 mark and they always used to uh, even in the championship be over 50,000 and I think theirs theirs is more an owner situation and a kind of a lack of ambition I think it's more of a result of Benitez going. It's protesting isn't it rather than a lack of longing to. Yeah but Manchester City have got Pep Guardiola there that like potentially the sexiest manager you could have in terms of attracting uh, supporters and Manchester City have obviously just thought well We've got Pep Guardiola. Let's price it up, and this is where they're they're kind of missing out. Well, and they can't they can't say it's not value for money. Now they're getting to watch probably one of the best footballing sides in the world in terms of style of play, entertainment, etc. They're going to see goals pretty much every game. Yeah, I mean, it isn't it isn't value for money though. Well, no football yeah, game but like not that at fifty is, but it's quid. Kind of like, what, what more do they want? It should sell itself at this point, Manchester City. Yeah, no, but we're, as I'm just saying, they are banking on that, and that's why they're putting the prices up. But obviously, uh, demand isn't uh, meeting that price point, so they're going to have to drop it. Well, they don't turn up to the Champions League 
either, which is strange. So it's it's just kind of a strange dynamic over there at the moment. You know, I understand why you wouldn't bother turning up and paying 50 quid to watch Villa, but when they're playing Champions League games and they still can't fill it out, you kind of think, well, what have you got to do to get these people to turn up? Well, you lower the prices, simple as that. And you've got to also remember this is over a sustained period of almost, uh, let's say, a decade now. So the novel, there's no novelty factor anymore. So this is the thing. You've, you've got to, I mean, your Arsenal's and your Spurs, you know, they're a bit more, I'd say, a bit more dedicated and a bit more uh, up for it. There's more of a, a culture there. Manchester City have got their original fan base and then the kind of flaky uh, add-ons don't seem to be uh, interested in, you know, going regularly and, and paying that kind of top price. Anyway, back back to uh, the game or what's uh, left of it. Uh, Ming's getting a bit of a... I think anybody... It's, it's Twitter and social media kind of uh, amplifies things, but uh, people starting to look at him just because he obviously fluffed his lines uh, when he went up against uh, Gabriel Jesus. And he was a bit slouchy on that. I mean, maybe because it was the first minute of the second half and he got caught flat-footed. But, you know, you, sh- you should prepare. Everybody knows about Manchester City's keepers. Uh, boot and they obviously did prepare for it but I think he pretty, pretty much saved two goals with his uh, unorthodox uh, clearances off the line because first of all there was the Capoeira one I think uh, it's a great effort. I stole that by the way from, from Chris from uh, Norway his description and then the second one when I think he creates the situation himself initially but then obviously uh, player lobs uh, Heaton and then he backtracks it hits the bar but it actually hits the bar and it's going in and it hits the bar and then hits Mings on the head. He just happens to be in the right place at the right time. So he did save that. It wasn't as if it wasn't going in after it hit the bar. It was. It was. So he kind of made up, if you're going to blame him for that goal. I mean, it, it should have been stopped anyway after that uh, flick on, you could argue. But was there was there any uh, hassles to Mings uh, on the terraces? Not really. I don't think so. I think it was always going to be a hard afternoon. But that, that first clearance was pretty incredible, to be fair. But no, I don't think there was anything massively negative towards him overall. I just think it was a bit of a lapse in concentration for that first one. He probably should have won the header, yes. But no, nah, overall, there's nothing that nothing that bad to have a go at him for. I think against City, you, you, you defend as a unit, don't you? And that's the disappointing thing, that for 45 minutes... Most fans would have gone in at half time going, We've done well here. As a unit, defensively they did well. And then to get you know, to survive all the sort of tick attacker and your team being pulled from pillar to post, opened up and still be nil nil, brilliant. To then concede from a big lump up the field straight down the middle. Yeah. So disappointing. Of, of all the ways to concede yeah. to Man City, we've had like couple from like crosses and set plays and a, and a big lump up the park. It's like you wouldn't mind if they rip you open three times. You just go, wow, that's three superbly crafted goals. But they kind of weren't. Yeah. I think I mentioned Wesley uh, sulking a bit. I saw that Smith was having a go at him from the touchline, basically, to get him to book his ideas up, I think. So obviously it is an ongoing concern, more his attitude problem than his ability because it actually affects it if he's not... Uh, I mean, he, he had a bit of a thankless task at times. But it's something we highlighted, you know, way back uh, especially in the playing dead episodes and I think you know if you compare it to sort of Abraham last season Abraham would chase everything wouldn't he He'd chase the ball into both yeah. corners of the field and that's what fans react to that even if you're having a bad game or you're being ineffective you're still putting a shift in that's why people generally warm to Keenan Davis because he'll put himself about yeah. and he'll try Wesley you know within about five or ten minutes he kind of gets the inkling that mm, it's maybe not my day today and then you can sort of see his frustration building and then he kind of goes missing when you you know when you've got a yeah. lone front man 
it's hard enough as it is against a poor to average side. When you're playing one of the best teams in Europe, it's just going to be impossible. So when we go 3-0 down, the first thing, I mean, Manchester City made subs pretty sharpish after that. So I was thinking, Smith, just take off Grealish, take off McGinn, give, you know, give the other guys a go. Because at that stage, it's too late. You know, there's no way we're going to rally and, and get back 3-3 against City. I mean, we did it obviously against Sheffield United, but this is a, you know, different kettle of fish and you're thinking this is probably the biggest week we've had upcoming we've got obviously Wolves which uh, considering where it is in terms of uh, the round it is you know you win that and then suddenly you've got a potential to have a an a decent draw the way it's set up to actually be you know have a winnable game to get into the semis and then obviously the Liverpool game you're thinking well just I'd take Grealish off here and then I would also probably take a McGinn off but all he really did was bring Al Ghazi on and then obviously Keenan Davis and it wasn't a uh, I don't know what the purpose of those substitutions were where and then because Grealish A was on a yellow card and got involved in an incident where he thought oh, well you know he's, he's risking it there and then obviously Grealish picks up his injury and now we're all in hot sweats over whether he's going to be fit you know for Liverpool and beyond well at 3-0 it's not a tactical decision it, it's kind of you've already lost at 2-0 really you've lost yeah but 2-0 you know never give up I mean for example uh, it's not good to go behind against Manchester City but you know Spurs managed to go 2-0 behind and managed to get a draw out of it so it's not the end of the world but in terms of the state of play this was actually in the second half and it was game you know game set and match already at 3-0 yeah. was he allowing Grealish to stay on because Southgate was there I mean that's, everybody was blowing smoke up of his office after the Brighton game and it's, it's just one game and it was pretty obvious that Southgate would look at him against better opposition Manchester City Liverpool and he touched the ball a think against Manchester City was 44 times which is just one touch off being half of what he did against Brighton now Brighton's against 10 men as well and people you know for most of the game and people forget about that it's a bit easier playing against 10 men when you're a midfielder also that was the lowest amount of touches he's had the whole season so it's a different kettle of fish is how you can influence a game against a better team is a bit of a, you know, it's a bigger test. Well, it's a test of how he's up without the ball, isn't it, as well? It's as much of a test of his defensive capabilities as it is of him with the ball. Yeah, I think off the ball, he was. I thought he was pretty decent. Regardless of the injury, you, you should have pulled him off because he, um, he was close to getting sent yeah. off. If he hadn't got injured, he could have got sent off anyway. Yeah, because it's already turning into a frustrating afternoon, which... Uh, Certainly, what's in the players' minds, there's there's not much positivity. So uh, there's the potential to only go one way. And so I was surprised that he let that linger. But anyway, is there anything else to talk about this Manchester City game? No, I think you just you take the positives, you move on to the next one. You know, nobody expected to go there and win. There were positives to take out of it. There were things they want to learn from it, and you move on to the next game. There's no point in lingering on losing at Manchester City, I don't think. Yeah, I think I think what we're doing is we're showing we're competitive enough. And as I've said earlier on, it's just that we haven't got that firepower or that cutting edge uh, from the front three or from the front two or how many we're, we're playing up there. I mean, I think the midfielders... Is, is getting us through games and winning us games in the games that we've won. And Wesley needs a bit more support. He needs a bit of a better attitude. And January probably can't come soon enough because if we get the right players in January, and we only need, like, we're only talking about one or two, it could completely transform us because I think the foundations are there already. Well, there's the spine of a good side. A really good side, potentially. Yeah. Max, how are you feeling on the whole situation overall? Because it is kind of 10 games in, so that it, it is, a let's say, a benchmark to have a, evaluate. 
Yeah, coming out the ground, I don't think I was too depressed looking at the the City game itself. But overall, I think we we've done better there than a lot of teams will this season. You look at Watford, who are five 0 down there inside eighteen minutes, whatever it was. So yeah, look, I think we did okay yeah. in terms of overall how I'm feeling in this season. I'm not I'm not too sad to be fair. I think we're doing quite well. Like you said, I think in January maybe if we get a winger or a strike, I think we'll be well on our way to doing quite well this season. I think you know 11th 12th is still yeah. where we should be aiming mid-table I think there's a lot of sides out there that I think we can beat you know look look at the bottom four at the moment we should be doing them so you know if, if you don't if it doesn't go your way against the likes of City and Liverpool as long as you beat those sides Norwich uh, Newcastle Southampton as long as you beat them I think we'll be fine this season this is the thing no, I mean nobody's absolutely ran through us and, and trashed us like a few teams have already suffered uh, you know you just mentioned Watford uh, what happened to them against Manchester City obviously Leicester what they did to Southampton but Villa have been in in all the games and you know people were perhaps getting a bit worried at half time that we might actually you know I'm talking from a Manchester City side that we actually might be our day so the fact that we're having that situation and you know we haven't conceded a goal all season away from home in the first half shows that we're reasonably solid as a unit so as I said just cutting edge and that could change the scenario into three points uh, a bit more frequently it's kind of a case of putting the pieces together isn't it against the better sides either putting a good defence display and I'll put a good attacking display or you know there's, there's lots of strands that are nearly there but it's just bringing it all together now and that'll just come with time on the training field and the more they play together have you got any other uh, generalizations <laughs> is the fact that you're singing yet <laughs> uh wolves next game is wolves by the time you listen to this uh, podcast more most of you probably be uh game set and match in that game so we're not going to waffle on about that as i said this is just a catch-up because uh of illness and somebody being a well we haven't had a chance to uh, put out a proper podcast but we've, we've spoken about Wolves before we discussed their fixtures going into this game because obviously they, obviously they had trips to Newcastle and Bratislava so that's not exactly been uh, ideal but this is the hardest one to uh, preview or talk about because it just depends on you'll have a much better idea when you finally see the two uh, the two team sheets with an hour to go I mean you'd, you'd, you'd expect both dark. yeah you'd expect both teams to make changes and I know Villa will I think Wolves will make some it's just I suppose it's that thing of to what degree I mean I'd expect Villa to make sort of four or five but I don't think they'll make like you know ten and I'd expect Wolves think, to probably do similar Max would you say that both teams would probably be I don't know 75% at their full strength mm, or lower lower or higher I think Villa will I don't think Wolves will put out as a stronger squad I, I've said it before I don't think their squad's necessarily that big anyway no they've like, got probably a better start in 11 but I don't think their squad's as, as big as ours yeah I, I'd agree with that I've, I've seen a few Wolves fans on Twitter piping up saying that this is Villa's Cup final etc but I, I think you know I think like Chris said there'll be five-ish changes I think McGinn will keep his place Keenan will start Jed Steering goal constant at the back but it will be 50-50 I think for both sides but like you said I don't think we can call it until the team sheets come out I'm quite interested to see if uh, if the likes of Chester and Codger feature even if it's just on the oh, bench which I, th- I think I think they may get some game time I watched Codger for the under 23s the other day he was absolutely woeful woeful what was Chester like because he was playing yeah Chester was good well, to be fair um, I think he had a massive head injury in the first half there was blood pouring everywhere but I think he got pulled after about yeah. 80 minutes but no he, he looked good I wouldn't he might be on the bench tomorrow I don't think he'll start but yeah I don't want to see Codger to be honest yeah I've got a feeling he will go for the the normal League Cup defence and goalkeeper and then uh, the rest is a little bit more unpredictable potentially I mean I, I would I would go for Wesley to be honest because I think he needs to play more absolutely and just, just get him to get in the minutes under his belt you know get, get him the opportunity Trezeguet. to I would play and... all those people that have been uh, 
question in their cutting edge, I would have them all playing because they need, you know, they need games. Trezeguet and Algarsi. I think yeah, both of them that's half their issue. Can make sort of three or four changes to our starting lineup, but potentially it doesn't actually weaken us that much yeah. in terms of like We've got a good squad. form and yeah, and uh, bringing Steer in for Heaton is fine. I don't think any uh, most people will be expecting that change anyway. I don't think anybody will mind resting one of the centre backs. I wouldn't be surprised if either Mings or Engels does play, and it's with Konza or maybe Chester or whoever. I wouldn't be surprised to see one of the fullbacks rested. I think Al Mohamedi might come in for Gilbert. But I think if they don't start, I still think these guys will probably find themselves on the bench. I don't think it'll be, you know, a yeah. second rate first team and a bunch of kids on the bench. I think everybody will be involved. But I think Wolves I mean Wolves on their day can be anybody, so they could potentially win this cup. But I think their focus uh obviously you know everybody's focus is on the league, but I think they've got a good as chance as anybody winning uh that Europa League. So I think they would probably put that above uh, winning that would be put placed above obviously uh, winning the league cup so that's why they may not go as strong as uh, villa anyways anything to add we're gonna win as with last week up up the fucking villa (laughs) right please do uh follow uh mr villa on tour who's having a a bit of beef with uh blues fans on twitter (laughs) at the moment i think it's more they're having beef with him yeah. They're chasing them around town. At least they watch the videos. So uh, if you want to be part of Max's new uh, security team, he is a uh, <laughs> zero-hour contract. He, he is enlisting people now. Send me your CV. Also, please do uh, follow and review uh, this podcast on uh, Apple, Spotify, all the other pod apps as well. And please do become uh, a My Old Man Said patron. Go to myomanset.com. Click on the patron link. I'll be doing shout-outs for the new patrons in the next show. Right, until next time, when we'll do a proper full-length show, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from them. Goodbye. Goodbye. My old man said... Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.